Hey, my name is Kurlisha Bodnors, and it is such a joy and honor to be able to serve you this morning in this capacity. And I know we have just celebrated little babies. We, I know Mother's Day can be such a day of celebration and joy. And I also know it can be such a day of just heartache and loss and devastation. So I don't exactly know what it is that you come into this room with this morning. But what I want to do is I just want to create a moment for us to pause. And I just want you to evaluate what it is that you have in your, ha- in your heart. As we're getting ready to open the Word of God together, the Word of God will never return void. And there's something in my heart that feels that God has something specific for each of us in this room. So I want to create a moment where I just want you to pause and close your eyes. And I want you to pray with me, but I actually want you to pray this morning. And I just want you to tell the Lord whatever it is that you have in your heart. So if it is a day full of celebration and joy, then I just want you to take a moment and tell the Lord that. And if you have um, something other in your heart, then will you just tell the Lord that is what you come into the room with as well. And I want you to do one thing. I, I want you to ask the Lord to give you an attentive heart, an attentive heart, a mind, not to my words, but what, to the, what the Lord has for you this morning. So will you tell him that just in your own way and ways? So Father, we come before you this morning as a group of people that desire to meet with you. God, I thank you that you're already at work in each of our hearts. And this morning, my prayer is that you would continue that work, God. My prayer is, Jesus, because we open your word, that it would be alive and active and that it would do and accomplish something that I can't do and that none of us can do for each other, but something that you can do. So God, I'm asking that, uh, actually I'm asking this boldly, that each of us in this room would find you speaking to us in a very unique and specific way. God, I thank you that that is something that we can't do and it's something that only you can accomplish. So I ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys, I have been thinking about Mother's Day this week, and I've been thinking and I've been so aware of how many things over this past year have just been really strange. I am sure that you will agree with me that we've seen pretty strange things, but I think you might also agree with me that we've learned even stranger things about those people that live in the same house than us, or maybe even those that kind of are in our close circles. And and you might have been just as surprised by the hobbies that those in your home or maybe your close friends took up during the stay-at-home order. You might have been surprised at how loud they speak over the phone during work hours, or you might have been surprised at what and when they choose to eat their snacks during the day. But as I've been thinking about it, I realize I'm totally okay with, with learning new things and quirky things about others, but I'm still not 100% sure how I feel about those things that I've learned about myself. Because, see, it kind of plays out when my three-year-old and my five-year-old copies the behavior of their mother. So you, you learn that you spend a lot of time on the phone and on Zoom when they start playing Zoom with their toys. But what makes that a little bit worse is when they start using the finger and their eyes to communicate to each other that they have to be quiet right now. And as I've been thinking about that, I realize that truly more things are caught than taught. But I don't think it's just our kids that learn that way, right? Think about how you've learned how to grill burger patties or how to pack the dishwasher. Or think about what you've learned from your mentor in your first job, how to type and and send that email to the difficult client. I think more things are truly taught, caught than taught. 
But I also think sometimes we underestimate that it's not just what we learn from those things, people around us. I think we underestimate what it is that we pass on to those around us. So the Apostle Paul, on his second mission, missionary trip, uh, got to know a, new, a young guy, Timothy. And towards the end of Paul's life, he spent a lot of time praying for, and he spent a lot of time writing letters to these young ministers, reminding them what the, the call of God in their lives is, reminding them what it is that God has set out for them to do. So this second letter of Timothy that we're going to be in this morning is, is really no exception to it. But in this letter, we kind of are clued in to what it is that Timothy caught from those in whose house he lived. I would love for you to turn with me if you have your Bible with you to 2 Timothy 1, and we're going to read from verse 5. It will also be on the screen. You can turn to your, on your phone, but I'm going to read 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. It says like this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Louis, and in your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. My hope this morning is, as we're going to unpack these three verses together, that we, we would do these three things. My hope is that we would see how it could have challenged and maybe even encouraged Timothy. My hope is that we would see how it actually challenges and maybe encourage those around us in this room. And my hope finally is that you and I would be able to see how these words are meant to encourage us, but maybe even help us evaluate what it is that we pass on to the world around us. So I'm going to ask three of my friends to come and join me on stage this morning. And as they come, I just want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them, I'm so glad you're here today. So will you do that? Hey, you're telling them more than that. That was two sentences that you just gave them. But I'm so glad that we have three of my friends with us. And hey, I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself. So Katie, why don't we start with you? Can you tell us your name? Uh, tell us what the names of your kid or kids are and maybe one word that describes the season of life that you're in. Sure. My name's Katie Adams and I have three children. Harper's six years old, Addie is four years old, and John is a year and a half. And we recently decided to add a puppy to our mix. So we also have a three month old puppy at home. That so, is a cool um, house. So my word would be all consuming. Like everything around me consumes all of me all the time. So that was kind okay. of where I landed. What about you, Tara? Good morning. My name is Tara Soma, and I have two girls. Twi one just turned 20, so 20 and 22, and that's weird to say. Like 20 and two, two girls in their 20s. And my word would be intentional. Every year, we pick a word for the year, and for 2021, mine was intentional. So now this new season, well, it was empty nester, and then, 20, then COVID hit, so we're not empty nesters anymore. <laughs> but is intentional would be my word for this, for this new season. Awesome. My name is Haley Davis, and my husband Joel and I have one daughter. She just turned four last week, 
And if I had to choose one word right now, it'd be surprising. Um, every day's a new day. We liked chicken nuggets yesterday. Today we don't. Um, you know, just everything, it's a new day every day. Surprising. That is a really good word. I feel like we all need to add this. surprising after 2020, right? Um, I want to ask, uh, Haley, you and Katie, I, I feel like specifically as you're talking about the ages of your kids, uh, this year as we're celebrating Mother's Day, we just need to add to the mix that there has been so much that is worth celebrating. We made it through 2020, right? So I want to you guys, and you made it with toddlers through the stay-at-home orders. So what is one thing that you have learned uh, maybe about your kids and from your kids and, and about yourself in that time? Haley, let's start with you. Oh. <laughs> Looking back over this year, it's just flown by and hasn't all at the same time. But I, I learned that my, my daughter, I know we all need community, but um, our kids really do, and they need to be with other people their age. And so seeing that just be taken from her was, was really hard and she had a lot of questions and it just really reminded me how much she needs other kids her age and, uh, and other people that aren't her age. Um, it taught me <laughs> that I'm a planner and you know, work Zooms can be planned but a potty training three-year-old cannot be <laughs> planned. Um, so and true. so it, it taught me to like roll with the punches and to do it with grace and to acknowledge when I mess up <laughs> in front of her because, yes, she had her own Zoom meetings as well to, to attend to. Yeah, they, they see Glad it all. What about you, Katie? I would say I've learned a lot from my kids about resiliency. So they've just been, they've blown my mind at how resilient they've been over this last year. When you told me my four-year-old was going to have to go to school every day with a mask on, I thought, that's not possible. And it has been. And she hasn't complained one time about that silly mask. And so I just, I've learned a lot about um, watching my kids do really hard things and just like do it and not complain about it and see the good in it. And so um, that's been really neat. Our motto this year has been like, this is really hard, but we can do hard things. So um, that's been really a good encouragement from the Lord for that's sure. That's so incredible. Tara, I think your season probably looked different because you just said you have two kids, uh, two daughters in your 20s. So obviously your stay at home looked different too. But, but what is one thing I, I think that you appreciated about mother, motherhood during 2020, during the pandemic? And maybe what's an unexpected thing that your kids taught you in that time? So right when your kids are juniors and seniors, you get, or for me, you get scared because you're like, I need to tell them everything in the world before they go off. And so they went off to college and, I, and things come in my head. Okay, I forgot to tell them this. Okay, this is how the enemy is gonna hit you when you go to college. And then COVID hit and I was like, I got my chance again. So <laughs> we weren't empty nesters for a bit. So I loved it because they came back. They cooked y'all, they ran errands because they can drive, bring me a snack upstairs. It was glorious. I, I loved it. I mean, it, it was hard for them because we were like, everybody is an adult. And so everybody had Zoom meetings. So we would say, okay, get off. Grace has a Zoom meeting at two o'clock. Okay, dad has a meeting at three o'clock. Everybody get off the Wi-Fi. So that was very challenging, but I loved it because my girls were here and the Lord gave us time to, to share with them what, what you think you miss, even though the Lord got them. That's so good. 
So good. You know, on a day like Mother's Day, we truly are celebrating the influence of, of others on us. And hopefully on a day like this, we're also reminded of, of who it is that we are influencing and who God has placed in our lives. And something that we're also talking about this morning is whether we want it or not, our lives are always echoing influencing others around us, right? And in this letter of 2 Timothy 1, Paul really writes to Timothy and he says this one thing, he reminded him, hey, remember that you have this sincere faith on the inside of you that dwelled in your grandmother first, is in your mother, and now is also in you. And as we're unpacking that, Tara, I want to start and kind of dig a little deeper in what you just started with. Uh, Your daughters obviously are young adults and motherhood looks a little different in the season, but yet you're called to nurture you're called to disciple, um, uh, you're called to really impart faith to them has really not changed one bit. But what I do want to ask you is how has this role of motherhood changed over the years? I mean, perhaps also what has stayed the same over the years? Yeah, so when they were little, we were very purposeful, intentional. You know, you had Bible study, you didn't have a choice. Went to church, you didn't have a choice. You know, and they loved it when they were kids because it was fun, you know. You read the Bible, all those were, they weren't choices. So as they get older, it becomes, especially now, it's, it's a choice for them. You know, we tell them, we, we say, this is what you should do. But it's more of a guiding, it's more encouraging more discouraging. So it's almost like an internship. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you shouldn't buy those $100 shoes because you won't have anything to eat the next week. You know, so it's kind of like a guiding kind of internship, you know, and you're really not really saying, so they're practicing. So you get to watch, you know. And that takes so much faith, I bet. (laughs) Haley, I want to ask you about that. Um, You know, your story of becoming like a mom just... uh, it included a whole lot of faith. And I want to be sure that when we talk about motherhood on a day like Mother, Mother's Day, that we don't just talk about the celebratory, happy things. But I really do want to ask you about that. And I want to ask you about your process, how you had to learn to trust God's process. And then specifically, there's two things. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit more of your journey with us and uh, specifically what faith and community, the role that that played um, in your journey? Sure. So it still feels a little weird for me to be here on this day because I spent uh, years avoiding being in this building on this day. Um, we, my husband and I, uh, we walked that road of infertility for four years <laughs> and we eventually um, were honored to adopt our daughter. Um, but community was huge for us. Um, there were times that um, I did not have the faith that things were going to work out. Um, but he uh, was gracious to send people that did have the faith and then that would come just sit with us. And I think that was huge because he can be known there in our grief. He knows it better than we do. And, um, goodness, sorry. <laughs> but um, those people that came and just sat and cried with us or prayed with us or brought us meals and I would be like, no, it's okay, I can still cook, <laughs> it's fine. But they were like, no, this is, this is also Jesus, let us be Jesus to you too here. Yeah. Um, and so they, they taught me a lot about, about grief, just sitting with me and, and how Jesus sits with, with us there. But also, um, you know, when we 
were able to adopt our daughter, they, those same people and others were there as well to celebrate with us in faith. Mm -hmm. um, and they were still bringing the meals and I gladly accepted them then. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think Jesus can be known so deeply in our grief. Um, he can be known so deeply in our celebrations and faith is required in both of those. And to have the community in both of those areas is priceless. You know, thank you for sharing so honestly with us this morning. And as you're saying that, I, I'm so reminded that it's your and Joel's story that you walked. It's, it's your story of faith where you've seen like those two things, community and faith, really play together. But I can't help to think that that's also becoming a part of Lainey's story. So how do you make sure that what you pass on to Lainey really includes um, the stories of faith that you want to make part of her story too? Sure. Um, we've been telling her since the day she was born, you know, that she came into our family through adoption and it was a wonderful story. And we tell her our side of it. We tell her um, her birth mother's side of the story and how both of our stories came together because of faith. And it wasn't because we weren't afraid. <laughs> we all were, but it came together um, as we continued on and trusted God in that process. And so we tell her about those stories and um, you know, we kind of have left it where we are now and, and we're encouraging her, encouraging her to take that on and, and make it her own um, because it is hers now. And um, a lot of times I, you know, Joel and I feel led to pray that she would interpret her story well mm. because I feel like the enemy would love nothing more than to lace it with shame um, because I know he's done that for me and told me, you know, I have a shameful um, past or I, I, you know, I couldn't carry a child to term so that's shameful, but um, that's not true. And so I pray that she would interpret her own story without shame and that she would use it for the kingdom because we've seen what God's done with our story, with her birth mother's story, and it's collided into her story. So we, we pray she runs with it. Yeah. That's so beautiful and such an encouragement to all of us, right, that we can trust God with our stories, however that looks. Thank you for sharing that part of um, your family story with us this morning. Um, Katie, I want to go to you, and like, you know, you shared earlier that you've got three kids under the age of six, I think, or seven, six, so I, I do think that your life, I know you've added a puppy, so your life really is, and your house is full, but I want to ask you about that, because how do you really navigate um, working outside of your home, like being a mom, like your call to really nurture and to disciple your kids, how do you guard not just to give way to survival in this season, but truly still guard against that and, and, and model what faith looks like to your kids? And specifically, how do you actually are intentional on um, passing on faith and modeling faith to them in this season? Yes, that's a good question. And if anyone has any answers, I'd love to hear afterwards. But um, my uh, my first thoughts on that are, I was actually pretty convicted as we first started the pandemic life. Um, I had to kind of um, sit in a little bit of like, okay, well, when this is over, we can just get back with Jesus. And so um, obviously that didn't last for very long. It wasn't a sustainable um, approach, but I, I really kind of... Um, it was convicted that God is here in the, that present chaos, in the present um, moment of, of, you know, the, the fear of, of what was going on a year ago. Um, and if I could just slow down a little bit and notice what was happening here right now, it wasn't about when it's done, when, when everything's lifted. Um, you know, I have a one-year-old, so I 
constantly am cooking something and he's constantly needing something. And so I am constantly having a one-year-old screaming at my legs. And so I have, I have times where I'm like, oh my goodness, I just need to fast forward. Like, I want to get out of here. This is ridiculous. Like, I'm too overwhelmed. And so God's been very gracious to have me just slow down and just sit in that moment and notice like what he's doing here right now. That even if it's hard or even if I do want to fast forward or even if I'm full of fear, like he's so sweet to do so many things. So a lot of the things I do every day are just like slowing down, trying to like have gratitude. You know, we have dance parties. We have, you know, tag in the backyard of just like stopping the chaos for one second and noticing what's happening here right now in the present moment. And I know like this day is hard um, for a lot of people to get to church and God is going to be so sweet to meet all of us here in this hardness. Um, and it's just cool to watch over and over again. And the last thing I'll say is that when I first became a mom, I, um, I looked at a mom or a few moms that had raised daughters that were in college at that point and were like amazing. Maybe some of them are here, but um, they, they loved Jesus, super confident. I was like, what'd you do? And they're like, well, you just love Jesus. And I was like, okay, that's so good. But what did you like do? And like, how did you do that? And um, they were like very sweet to not ever give me an answer besides just love Jesus. And so that's been my approach is like, I need to love Jesus. And um, that's been interesting in the chaos of like, how do I slow down enough to just love Jesus? But that's so what good, we're doing. I think you touch on something that so many of us probably can relate with is sometimes we want to control control the chaos. And you talked about like sometimes it's easier to like want to operate out of a place of fear or just like I, I'm fearful that this is going to happen. And then I have to do that. I've got to control more. And, you know, as we read these verses that Paul really wrote to Timothy, he continues by saying, remember the faith that you have on the inside of you. But he also says, and then remember you have a gift from God on the inside of you. because you, And then remember the third thing, you have not received the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So I kind of want us to unpack that part of the, the verses that we're really sitting in this morning. Haley, you shared some of your journey. You shared truly, and I, and I really love what, what you said of how we, how we can trust God with the parts of our story and how we can even trust that for our kids too. So you shared about really um, having faith with our journeys, but why do you think it's important uh, to remember that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but truly of boldness? And um, how specifically do we allow um, our kids into that instead of passing on anxiety or fear to them? That is also an excellent question. Um, (laughs) I am someone that wrestles with anxiety on a daily basis, and so it's a constant surrender for me, and sometimes I just don't do it well. Um, But acknowledging that and um, letting my daughter know, like, I was scared of this today, and this is how I reacted, and it didn't, it wasn't the right choice. (laughs) Um, But also, like, talking her through her own fear as well. Um, And, you know, the other day we were going to the doctor and she's terrified of the doctor right now because she's had a COVID test now. (laughs) So it's a scary thing. Um, And so she was very worried to go and, you know, she told me, I'm scared. (laughs) And I said, I know. And I think it's important that we let them know it's normal to be scared. I mean, that's I, sometimes I wish you'd be more scared of some other things like random animals in the neighborhood, you know? Um, but I, it's just all how we teach them to approach it, I think. Um, and just, it's a normal reaction, but we have been given a spirit of, of faith and we are not, you know, we don't have to live in this fear. And I think if we teach, or if I teach Lainey to grab onto that 
faith um, above her fear. Like that fear is probably still gonna be there a little bit and that's okay, but if you are clinging to your faith more, that's where it's at. And, I, and we saw that play out in our stories. There were so many times we've had reason to fear um, in our journey and her birth mother had reason, very valid reasons to be afraid. Um, but we all persisted together in faith and it culminated together and, and here she is in our lives. And um, so I hope that that story comes back to her. But, um, and, and it's just, all that to say, I think it's just so funny and great how the Lord teaches me about my own anxiety. Um, the words that come out of my mouth for Lainey on a daily basis are actually coming right back to me and it's so fun and good. But it's just, he's just so gracious in that way that we get to learn this together and I don't have it figured out. That's really good. And I think it's such a reminder that sometimes uh, truly faith is not the absence of fear. Like we just do our fears and go through our fears with faith, right? Uh, Katie, I, I want, you touched on something a little earlier that I, I want to lean in a little bit more. Uh, we are always passing something on to our kids, right? And even in those moments when we decide to go play tag or, and, and not just be wanting to control the chaos. But I want to ask you and Tara kind of the opposite question that what I asked earlier. I think this year has just taken so much out of us. It has almost taken a lot out of us, but then it also has placed like fear, anxiety, anger, right in the middle of the table. And how we've responded to those, th those things are so important, right? And I think as a mom, and maybe even um, for all of us in the room as a discipler, the really challenging moment is when we see there's this less sanctified behavior in us that kind of plays out in our kids. So all of a sudden we've passed something that we're trying to get rid of. Now we see it play out in those right in front of us. So I wanna ask both of you, like, has that worked? How has that played out in your life? And because I think here's the thing, like, how can this actually become an invitation from the Lord to heal that less sanctified thing? Whether it's anger, whether it is control in us, how can this become an invitation from the Lord to heal it instead of actually just become a thing that we try to control and pass on to our kids or a thing of shame? Um, Katie, why don't you go first? So, my daughters and I share a common, um, maybe gene, maybe trait, um, but we are very strong feelers. So when it's good, it's really good. And when it's hard, it's really hard. And so I see that in them and it's, it's, it's hard to see sometimes. But um, God has been really encouraging me this, this past year. I work as a mental health therapist. Um, and so that's been a fun job this year. And so as I've walked through this year, I um, kind of had to do a lot of checking on myself because obviously same deal. I can't really help people when I'm not helping myself. And so um, God led me to my own counseling um, in the fall. And um, those big feelings were, were managed and I was doing better. Um, but I kind of got to the springtime and I was like, I, they're still there and I'm still having trouble. And so um, he led me to my doctor and I got a prescription for a little bit of medication. And it's a very humbling step for me to, to step into that. But I was seeing that I was consistently unable to take what God was offering me because of some fear, because of some anxiety, because of like big feelings that I had going on that I was just kind of, it was too hard for me to kind of manage them on my own. And so um, that's just been a big season for us. My amazing husband has been like incredibly supportive, but um, I, I think 
think that it's like having these kids, I don't know that I would have gone to the doctor if I um, didn't have these kids watching me. And so it's been um, good and challenging and beautiful to see that like he is calling us to more and he's offering us more. Like he is a good shepherd and we are simply just his sheep here to hear his voice. But I was having trouble hearing his voice sometimes clearly. And so just taking that act of faith um, has been has been good and hard and all the things in between um, and just sharing and not, not holding on to pride of like, I can do this. I can be the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect therapist, the perfect whatever. Um, and, and just letting that all go has been incredibly healing and freeing. Um, and so just, just that's the kind of faith I know I want to pass on um, and to tell my kids like, you need to do whatever you need to do so that you can be in relationship with Jesus. Um, so that's been, I don't remember the question, but it was, that's like kind of where we've no, been No, thank lately. you, Katie. I, I think yeah. that's so um, important for us to just evaluate, hey, where is it that we're not receiving God's invitation? Because we can do whatever it is. We can numb it with, I don't know, we can find something to mask it up with, but Jesus is still inviting us to heal it, right? Tara, how does that play out in your life? Um, I guess to first answer your questions, yes, I do pass on less sanctified things to my kids. Um, dare I say sin issues that I pass down to my kids if you really want to be real about it. But um, what I really have to go back, Corlicia, is to remember that um, those foundational teachings that I did in the beginning, those prayers, I mean, we were here today 20 years ago dedicating Kimmy and Grace. Um, you can't undo that prayer. With, with any kind of acts of sin or anything that I pass on. You can't undo that, and those prayers are at work. So I have to remember that, and that keeps me understanding, like, okay, let me not be anxious. They're not doomed for life. You know, God is taking care of it. And also, I think it allows them to see God at work because they're like, mom is not perfect. Mom is really not perfect. <laughs> and this is an all-powerful God. If he's working through her, that's a powerful God. So it lets them see that. Um, and, and then I just say, God, cleanse me of that. Look into myself. Cleanse me of that sin so I don't pass it down to them. And then repent to God. And then the last thing is that real life repentance. We've sat in the living room, all of us forgiving and asking forgiveness and cried. And guys, real life repentance with your family, with your kids is gold. That's better than any book. It's gold. Um, so to go through all that's very humbling, um, and, it, and, it, and it kind of brings you down a little bit, but sometimes God is like, you, you need to come down a little bit. You need to. Okay, Tara. Uh, thank you for sharing that, because I think the encouragement to my heart today is that it's not a once-off, right? That we get to go back to the Lord whenever it is that we mess up or whenever we do miss the mark, we get to go back and repent and receive what Jesus has in that moment for us. Tara, my last question to you, and this is what we'll wrap up with, is, uh, you know, at the end of this letter that Timothy, Timothy is writing, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, he ends in, in chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, Paul mentions that he fought the good fight, he finished his race, but he's kept the, the faith. And I, I kind of want to ask you, you by, by no means uh, are at the end of your race, but I think you represent kind of like the position of an older sister as a spiritual mother to a lot of us in the room. So I kind of want to ask you at the end of a year, after a year that was just full with so many unexpected things like heartaches, losses, fears, and anxieties, uh, what truly has helped you to stay the cause, to really keep the faith and not give way to the things of this world? Yeah, number one would be prayer. Um, 
If you want to jot down Colossians 1, 9, um, Ephesians 1, 17, I think they're kind of the same prayer that Paul is praying um, for those believers. Pray that for your children. It talks about giving them spiritual wisdom. Always tell them, I was like, I don't care how far you got from God. Those prayers are going to keep you. Keep praying that. And then number two, hold on to God's promises. Um, not Tara's promises, not your promises, not pastor promises, but God's real promises in his word. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The joy of the Lord is in your strength. Have those. And I'm an audio listener, so I like to just put on um, version. Just listen to Psalms or Ephesians and just have it going. Get it. You guys, all y'all that are probably under, what, 45 or 30, YouTube, like, y'all, I'm, I'm so jealous of y'all. Just put on YouTube, put in God's promises, and I just listen to that. Sometimes when I'm in a despair moment and I got lies in my head, I need to hear God's truth to combat that. And just put that on during the day. You will be surprised how the Lord will just encourage you for those, for those days when you're like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. So his promises are number one. If You just memorize them. And so when those thoughts come in, it will combat those and, and God will get the glory. That's so good. Hey, guys, would you mind giving these three ladies a hand as they're leaving us? Thank you so much for sharing from your lives this morning and just your own journey um, on this crazy thing called motherhood, called influencing the next generation. I think there are several things from their stories, from what they've shared this morning, from these three verses that we can learn. But I kind of want to build our next few minutes that we have together around this one big idea. I want you to take this with you. If you like taking notes, then this is your thing that you need to take with you. Uh, whatever shapes our actions will truly shape our legacy. And as we're going to write and read these verses together, there are two potential things that Paul is giving us kind of the answer to in these verses. Like, what, can, what is it that can shape our actions? And the first thing that he says is this, a sincere faith can shape your actions and therefore shape your legacy. Paul writes these verses to Timothy and he kind of reminds him of three things. First thing he says is, hey, remember what you have on the inside of you. You have a sincere faith. The fact that he actually says sincere faith kind of gives us that indicator of there could be something like an insincere faith. But it reminds me of what Jesus alluded to so many times when he talked about the Pharisees who wanted to be seen by men. See, a sincere faith is something that will always start on the inside of a surrendered heart. It will also always have kind of a hidden work first before it has an outward expression. I think we all know those people in our lives that just raise the faith temperature in the room. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you need faith, you need them to be around you. See, these people's lives are often not marked by what, it, what they say or kind of by what they do, but their lives are marked by how they do it. Not to be seen by people, but I think to be noticed by God. And I think a sincere faith, it really matters to God too. Do you remember what it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And this chapter, chapter 11 of Hebrews continues and it lists all of our like faith heroes, Moses, Abel, 
Abraham, Sarah, Gideon, Rahab. And these people are included in this chapter not because of what they did, but more how they did it. See, faith changes the way we do things. Faith is what really sets us aside. It sets us apart because faith has the ability to shape our actions and therefore shape our legacy. The second thing that Paul wrote to Timothy about is remember what you have on the inside of you, not just a sincere faith, but remember you have the gift of God on the inside of you. I think Paul is is writing this because you would know just as much as I do, when you and I decide to use our gifts, it will always take faith. When we decide to kind of step out and make that conscious decision to rely more on God than what we rely on our resources, that really will take faith. And when Paul thinks about this gift that's on the inside of Timothy, he kind of pictures it's a flame that needs to be fanned so that it can become bigger and greater because I think Paul got this. Faith builds faith. The more you and I are going to make the decision to step out in faith, to trust God and actually act on it, the easier it's going to become to do it again. So, so the third thing that, that he writes to him, hey, remember what you have on the inside of you. You have a sincere faith. You have a gift from God on the inside of you. And then the third thing actually brings us to our second point. So let me give you your second point first. So, you know, a sincere faith is the thing that shapes our actions and therefore shapes our legacy. But here's the deal. So can fear. A sincere faith can shape our actions and therefore our legacy, but so can fear. The third thing that Paul wrote to Timothy is this, remember what you have on the inside of you. You have not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of boldness, of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Have you noticed that when you and I tried and make that decision to just step out in faith, fear will always try to creep in, right? When you make that decision to take the new job, when you make the decision to move your kids to a new school, when you make that decision to just follow that dream that you have on the inside of you, fear will always try to creep in and fear will also try to paralyze you because faith will always lead us into the unknown and fear is that thing that will try to prevent us from doing it. For Timothy, a young guy who was believed to be more quiet, shy, reserved, he was entrusted with this big task to lead the church in Ephesus with people in his congregation that was probably double his age. And he's reminded of this thing, hey, don't be intimidated. Don't give way to fear. Remember what you have on the inside of you. It's a spirit of, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. As I've been thinking about these verses, I've been wondering, but how does this really apply to you and me today? Because see, I think this letter from from Paul is actually just as applicable to you and me today as it was to Timothy. But I think our invitation today is maybe not just to remember what it is that we have on the inside of us. I think the invitation is this, to remember, remember where have we forgotten what God has already placed on the inside of us? Because you see, when when you and I are going to forget what God has placed on the inside of us, it's going to cause us to want to rely on something other than what God has given us. So let me actually help you see what I mean. What is the task that is right in front of you? What is that thing that you've been called to? See, you might not be called to lead the church of Ephesus. You might not be called to homeschool your kids in this season. 
you might not be called to move across the ocean and take that job, but what is it that you have been called to? Maybe, perhaps, you've been called to just remain faithful in exactly that place where God has you instead of moving on. Perhaps you have been called to present that outside-the-box idea to your boss. Perhaps you've been called to raise your kids, to foster those kids. Perhaps you've been called to impart a legacy of faith to those around you. See, forgetting what God has placed on the inside of us will do two things. It will cause us to kind of grasp to the grace for someone else's race, or it will do the second thing. It will kind of cause us to cover up our shortcomings instead of really turning to God and allow Him to fan into flames the thing that He really has already placed on the inside of us. So I know this morning we are celebrating moms and it is a gift to do that, although I believe this message really is for all of us. So allow me just, just one moment to really speak specifically to those of us in the room who are parents, those of us who are grandparents, who are fostering kids, who are teachers, those of us who really desire to just impart faith to the people around you. This is what I want you to hear this morning, that you have been called to raise that kid, to influence that kid, the perfect model kid, the one who kind of have, has the wool of iron who challenges you in everything you do, the one who, whose heart has turned from Jesus in this way, in the season, you have been called to raise that kid, the one who's going off to college in the season. But here's what I want you to know, that you have been equipped for the season. In Christ, you have everything you need to stay in this race. And I want to end today with a story from um, the Olympics of 1968 that played out in Mexico City. I don't know who of you love Olympics and kind of were sad as well that we didn't have it last year. But in this Olymp Olympics in 1968, there was a marathon, ru marathon runner with the name of John Stephen Aquari. He was from Tanzania. He was early on in the race, he fell, he injured his knee, badly injured his knee, dislocated his knee, but he kept going. And hours after the last runners already finished and crossed over the finish line, the officials were already packing up the day and the empty stadium, everyone has already left out of the stadium, they noticed that this runner was entering this empty stadium. He was limping over the finish line, and at the end, when they asked him why he did not quit, this is what he said. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race, but to finish it. Amen. And I think that is just so true for you and me today, too, that God has not placed you and me exactly where we are, with our hopes, with our dreams, with our victories, with our challenges, our losses, our disappointments, to just start the race. I think God has already placed on the inside of us what we need to stay in the race and to finish it well. And as, I, as you and I are doing this, my prayer and my hope for us is that we would do this well and at the end of the day and at the end of our race, may what we impart, what, may what we pass to those around us, our kids, our coworkers, and even that difficult family member, May what we pass on to them truly be a sincere faith. Let's pray together this morning. 
Father, we, we say this to you, that our longing, God, our heart's desire is that, God, that we would be found faithful and we would be found, um, God, following you in exactly the place where you positioned us. This morning, Lord, my prayer for all of us is that we would respond to your invitation to simply come as we are. God, and as we come, we ask that you would help us just for, just for this moment, Lord, not to focus so much on the things that we see around us, the things that we see displayed through our kids. God, our prayer is that you would heal something, do a work in us first, God, so that really what we can impart to those around us is a sincere faith. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to respond to the Lord this morning. What I want to ask you, and we're going to do it a little different than how we usually do it. This morning, I want to invite you not to respond to a person who's standing against the wall. I want to invite you to respond to the Lord. So whatever the stirring is in your heart, I kind of want you to come forward, and we're just going to open this altar up. So really what we're going to do is you're going to come forward, and you're just going to tell the Lord that, and our pastoral staff and ministry staff is going to come behind you, just put their hands on you, just pray for you. So truly, you can come for anything and everything you want, but here's three specific invitations that I feel like the Lord has for us this morning. If you're here and you just have a longing in your heart, you just need a fresh wind of courage to, to keep you in the race wherever you're at, then I want you to come forward. You don't have to talk and say a word to someone. They will just pray over you. And the second invitation that I have for you, if you just need just fanning into flames, that that gift, that thing that God has placed on the inside of you, then I want you to come forward. And the last invitation that I have for you is if you're here this morning and just have a longing that God will heal something on the inside of you, maybe fear, maybe anxiety, maybe anger, maybe control, then will you just come forward? Don't even worry about what you see in your kids right now. Don't even worry about who you think this message is for. Will you just come forward and let the Lord really heal that in you? So you're going to come forward and our pastoral staff will come behind you and pray over you. So let's, let's, and we're going to worship and then you come forward and we'll respond to the Lord together.